This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. France the author. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. Full crew today. Uh, full crew for this show. It's been a little while. It's been vacation season. I know I just came off vacation. I'm worn out. I need a vacation to rest up from the vacation. But we're going to try to bring the energy. We're going to try to bring what you guys want us to talk about and what you want to hear about and uh, a little bit of roster talk and, and some Eric Gilbert talk. Uh, from stuff that's gone on in the past few days, the past week, and I uh, get into a little bit of recruiting on the second half of the show. And, um, you know, one of the things that we were talking about before the show, guys, is, you know, with Brandon with Brandon Turnage flipping to Tennessee and, you know, listen, when that the whole thing first started, Rusty, the expectation was, hey, I think he's still going to be here. You yep. know, that was kind of the, the word we were both getting. Um, he flips to Tennessee. I think that almost signals the kind of the completion of the Georgia roster for 2021. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, he, uh, you know, there were others reporting that, you know, around around June, early June, that he was not coming back to Georgia. And I, you know, we definitely confirmed that he was not in Athens. He came to Athens State, I believe, probably roughly 36 hours. He left, uh, went back home. Had some schools talking to him. Georgia was still very much in communication with him. You know, at that point, uh, you know, from everything I talked to, Georgia thought this is probably mid-June. They were probably going to get him back at some point. It was kind of leaning that way. Whatever happened basically the last week of June, don't know because I didn't check on it, didn't follow up. We were trying to find out where he was going to show up and those things. And then probably an hour or so before it really broke was when I really heard that he was starting to trend toward uh, Tennessee, most likely going to end up going to Tennessee. Uh, you know, I was away that afternoon and was trying to double check some information and then it came out. So we were kind of on it late, but you know, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, hey, he left, he left Athens. I believe we kind of all can picture why. Um, and I want to be clear that Brandon Turner is a really good player. Georgia wanted Brandon Turnage, but, you know, when Darian Kendrick came, that, that pretty much sealed the deal for him. Um, you know, and it looked like in hindsight that he was going to end up somewhere else, and he did at Tennessee. So good get for Tennessee. I think Georgia's roster is full. I think they're done. Obviously, the transfer deal had to be, you know, the, the kids had to declare by June the 30th. So, 
I believe they could have done some things, moved around, maybe blue shirted somebody possibly, but, uh, you know, everything I hear from this point on, I think Georgia's roster is set. They're full and they should have a full 25 going into this signing class of 2022. So that means there's a lot more, uh, additions made to this commitment list that I have between now and, you know, in December and February. So a lot left. And I think it, you know, with, with turnage, it was kind of the see where he's going to show up, see if he's going to get back to Athens. Georgia certainly wanted, didn't get him, but you know, they, they did some really good work in the, in the, in the, you know, transfer market. And we'll talk more about Eric Gilbert here shortly. Yeah. Kip, I was going to throw that one to you. Uh, so the completion of that roster includes Eric Gilbert, another transfer, and uh, Georgia tweets out academic honorees uh, for, uh, I guess, for the summer. And Eric Gilbert's on there. What, were you, what was your thought when you saw that? Uh, well, kudos to Eric for uh, getting whatever work needed to be done in the classroom, not just to, uh, you know, to be able to play this year, but sounds like he's flourishing. Whatever that summer schedule load is for these guys, you know, a couple classes, a couple credits, uh, you know, uh, whatever. But I, I don't know how much classwork's being done right now, but sounds like, you know, whatever it is, uh, he's getting it done. Maybe he, you know, spent some extra time in the, in the film room last week or, you know, made sure that he uh, passed his playbook test for, uh, for, the, for the month of June. You know, whatever he got done, hey, the, the school wanted to give him credit. He got credit. The only thing that, that really matters at this point is continuing to, uh, you know, get everything done that needs to be done to play this fall and, and moving forward. I mean, the one thing about Eric Gilbert that, you know, some people have talked about, maybe not everyone, but it's not like this is a grad transfer. It's not like this is a guy that is eligible for the draft after this year. This is a player who could potentially – play multiple seasons at Georgia. And so, I mean, as far as transfers go, it's, it's one of the bigger ones, just like JT Daniels being able to get him toward the end of last season and, and now being able to have him, you know, there at quarterback for this season. Uh, Eric Gilbert's just a huge get. I mean, they basically, you know, landed a multi-year starter in, in that pass-catching group. And a lot of people are very high on him and his potential. You know, a lot of comparisons get thrown around to some really, really good players that have played in college recently. We saw him, you know, when he was on the field at LSU, do really good things. So I think just the fact that it seems like he is buying into the Georgia program and everything Kirby Smart and that coaching staff wants him to do, then, I mean, that's really all you could ask for. So, uh, you know, I, I saw it, didn't think too much of it at the time, but, you know, got a pretty good chuckle out of it. And, and you know, kudos to Eric Gilbert. And props to him because uh, that's one more uh, academic, uh, you know, props in college than, than I ever received. So, you know, he's on the right path and, and getting everything done he needs to. Rusty, what are your thoughts on that? Eric was a high academic kid. Now, he was an honor graduate, I believe, at Marietta. You know, again, his mom's administrator, uh, educator. She's definitely, um, you know, he comes from that background. He was at Wilbert Academy before he went to Marietta, so he had to be a you know, a good academic kid. Now, look, he went through some stuff, and we're not trying to brush that to the side. As a young man, as a freshman year in college, he went through some things and didn't handle his business academically at LSU. What we can report on is so far starting out, he is handling his business in the classroom. 
Uh, did talk with someone at the Pilot Golf Tournament last week, played in that. And, you know, he's he's doing what he's supposed to do, you know, off the field as well during his workouts and 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 off he's off to a good start. You know, that that doesn't mean that you can't have hiccups and those types of things as a young man, and it happens, but you know, I think with Eric Gilbert, you, you want to he has a good start with this team. He's got new teammates, he knows a lot of those guys, but you know, you come in, you're competing and trying to, you know, win a starting job. So, you know, every day is an audition and so far. Um, you know, he's off to a good start. I think that was a really good, you know, achievement for him to get that type of award uh, from Georgia and it kind of puts a message out there that, hey, Eric Gilbert's here and he's doing he's doing pretty damn good to start off with. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of had the first thought that Kip said, that's like kudos to Eric, and I don't think there was any doubt. You know, sometimes there are just circumstances as a student athlete where – you miss the credit, you kind of lose your focus a little bit, whatever. But it's pretty pretty clear cut that there was some academic hurdles to clear. And, you know, I think it's always excellent news that you get off to a fast start like that. I mean, I you know, listen, I, I taught high school for a little while and I coached. And one of the things I always preach to students, you know, like first day of school is I was like, hey, get off to a fast start. Because the thing you don't want is to get down to the last month, month and a half, two months of the semester and kind of be in catch-up mode and and you can you can get off to a fast start and maybe put yourself in a situation where you can kind of coast that last little bit so um again kudos to him i, I think that's huge for him i think it's huge for georgia i don't think that georgia would uh, rusty you used the term troll when we were talking about it earlier uh before the show i don't think georgia would troll anybody like that uh, i don't think it that does anybody any good um, but, but I do think it's excellent news for Georgia and excellent news for Eric Gilbert. And, um, you know, I, I'm really interested to see, uh, when, when preseason camp starts and, and, and as, you know, we start to get more information on the seven on sevens, kind of what he's doing and his role and, and exactly what they've carved out for him. Cause we know it's going to be as a receiver, but what exactly are they going to ask him to do? And, uh, Rusty, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that kind of what, what, what do you think exactly? role he feels as far as the team goes because you know again we're talking about rosters on the uh, first side of this on the first side of the show and um do you think it's going to be a unique role or do you think he's just going to be a wide receiver i think he's going to be a wide receiver i think there's going to be some packages where they're going to run some bunt sets with with man that tight end room's pretty deep man you look at you know fitzpatrick and brock bowers and and um you know darnell washington and those guys but you know, you think at some point there's going to be a package of, you know, I can see a bunch set, man. When you look at Darnell, Eric Gilbert, and Brock Bowers all in the game at, at one time, that's a lot of big body guys that you've got to cover and account for. So um, I think there's going to be some unique packages with him. But as far as I know, and far as what Eric Gilbert and told me when I, when I, um, you know, talked to him, you know, he said he's going to Georgia to play wide receiver and that role. Uh, with George Pickens being hurt and, and out for at least a, a extended period of time is wide open. And I think it, Eric, that Eric Gilbert is going there with the intentions of playing that position. Yeah, no doubt. I think they'll tailor some things to him. Uh, but ultimately, you know, if, if they told him he's going to play receiver, I, I think he's going to have to show them that he's maybe not capable of doing that before they really, truly – change anything and, and like you said i mean with all those different tight ends and different styles of play they've got different receivers um you know bunch sets where you can kind of 
maybe lure teams into coming up and playing the run with those big bodies in there and then kind of trying to hit it over the top. And there's a lot of different options, a lot of different ways Todd Munkin can play this. And we're going to learn a lot about that, you know, over the next couple months. And, you know, SEC media days coming up here in the next couple weeks where, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to ask Kirby a question or two about kind of where Eric Gilbert fits um, on this team and, and how they view him. I'm, I'm sure he's kind of already working on that answer right now. Uh, let's take a quick break real quick. And on the other side, let's talk a little bit of recruiting, um, wide receiver recruiting, some upcoming decisions and things of that nature. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com all right, guys, since today, uh, Monday, July 5th, when we're recording this, uh, Kojo Antwi picks Ohio State. Let's start with wide receiver recruiting. Uh, Kip, how does this board shake out? W- where does Georgia go to next? Well, obviously that's one big option that's currently off the board. I would imagine they, they still, you know, continue to recruit Kojo. You still have, you know, the season hasn't even started yet, and there's an opportunity for, for Todd Monken and – you know, Cortez Hankton to showcase what they can do with, you know, uh, returning their quarterback a full offseason, learning the playbook, and, and, you know, a pretty deep and talented group of pass catchers. So I think there, you know, there's still an opportunity for Georgia to showcase that program to Kojo and other wide receivers, you know, that are, that are still uncommitted or committed to other programs right now. So I think it's, as far as the wide receiver board, it's it's got one less you know target on there right now, but I, I think it's still very early as far as just saying, you know, these guys don't have a chance of ending up in Georgia's class down the road. But you know, as far as specifically right now, I think it just it puts an even bigger emphasis on a guy like Andre Green Jr. I think that's a guy that's you know been a huge target for for Georgia since the beginning of the cycle. You know, it's a six three, one hundred and seventy five pound prospect. 
out of Richmond, Virginia, St. Christopher's School, a guy that, you know, uh, George has really, really been impressed with throughout their evaluation process with him. And I think, you know, they've done a good job recruiting him. And so they just had to continue to recruit him. I think he's got some, you know, some visits. He'd like to see some schools at the end of July during that one that one week that you can visit schools again before the dead period just comes back again. And I think that after that, he's going to, you know, kind of look and see if, which schools he wants to take in games at in the fall. Even though he's taken three official visits right now, he's taken one to Georgia, one to North Carolina, and I believe one to uh, – oh, he has one to Notre Dame scheduled for October. I think that Georgia and North Carolina are two schools that have really impressed him with how they've recruited him. I think he'll go check out games at both programs this fall and and maybe, you know, make a decision then. That's a big guy on Georgia's board, and I, I think there's some some other guys they, they want to take a closer look at based on, you know, being able to get them on campus last month in June and, and work some guys out. You know, some other prospects kind of emerged as guys that they really like, and one of those is, is Dylan Bell out of the Kincaid School in Houston, Texas. Another guy at 6'2", 205 pounds he's kind of versatile he's a guy that you know could has played some running back uh in high school can kind of play a little bit of running back and, and out in the slot as well just a versatile skill set as an offensive weapon and, and a guy that re, you know really impressed georgia when they got him on campus so i think they're going to take a closer look at him you know maybe see uh, how he does his senior year and, and that's a guy that you could really see them pushing for and I think that he plans on making his decision uh, in November. So that gives them a chance to get him on campus again and, and really push for his commitment down the road. I think Notre Dame's a school that's really impressed him so far in the process. But again, that's a guy that with there being now camps and workouts, the, the board's changed a lot. And so a lot of the guys that we've talked about for, for over a year now in this 2023 cycle – uh, the evaluations are probably completely different. And I think that that's just one of those guys that that's emerged and impressed Georgia's coaching staff. And, you know, as you saw last year with, with the Donnie Mitchell, a guy that kind of uh, slipped through the cracks a little bit, had Ole Miss and Georgia recruiting him the hardest. But during the spring game, you saw this guy's definitely an SEC talent. That I mean, that that's what happened when you can't really go out and evaluate kids. You have kids that kind of fall through the cracks. I think that happened with the Donnie Mitchell. And I, you know, I think that the Dylan Bell's a, a similar type guy that could really be high in a lot of schools' boards by the end of this recruiting cycle. Yeah, good points there, Kip. And, and you know, Georgia's got Denila Morissette already in, on the commitment list. But, Rusty, in, in your view, where does Georgia go next? And, and what is maybe the number there? Uh, you know, I know this needs to be a good receiver class. I, I think we did podcasts months ago talking about how important this class was at the wide receiver position. In your opinion, where does Georgia turn? Man, they, they mean, they, they, they have got to have Andre Green. I mean, he is a – you know, it's hard to – put it all on one guy, but, you know, you, you want a guy like that that you feel good on, you had a good evaluation on, he goes to, a, I believe it was a, um, maybe a Washington, D.C. or Virginia, you know, opening event and really tested well, did well, and, you know, really elevated himself in the rankings um, based off his performance. So I think when you, you look at him and he's a guy that, man, they, they need him. They need him and they can, if you get an Andre Green and a Nylon Moore set, you got two guys that you feel pretty comfortable with 
Uh, you got good tape on, good evals on. They've played some high-level competition. But then you can come in and take another another guy around on the Dylan Bell or, you know, a guy that I've, I've brought up a couple times in the last week or so is, is Cole Spear at Calhoun. Um, I went to – took my daughter to the pool yesterday for a little while, and, I, you know, I ran into a, a member of the, uh, you know, Calhoun community and very close to the program, and he told me, he said, man, you know, Georgia is – Georgia was really impressed with Cole Spirit, and it kind of gave me the, I guess Georgia is going to have their one, they got one camp date left. So the last Friday in July, they're going to have a camp and Cole Spear is going back and they want to see him against some other DBs because basically the day he was at Georgia, uh, the first time he was at Georgia, he had a really good day and uh, kind of put himself on the board real quickly. I know this, the kick could run. I know for a fact he ran 4-4 at multiple colleges. So I'm pretty sure he ran 4-4 at Georgia as well. So they'll get a chance to look at him. He's a kid we've got to make sure we got the right evaluation on uh, here at 24-7 as well. And, and you know, he's from my area, knew a little bit about it. The problem is right now Calhoun is more of a, you know, as opposed to what they've been the last years, is more of a, a run-heavy offense. Don't really have the ball distributors they've had in the past. Got a good high school quarterback, but nothing like they've had in the past. Uh, they can get the ball and stretch the field with somebody like Cole Speed. So, you know, he's a name to watch. And uh, I just really think that Green is, is is a major, major, major got to have uh, Clemson now, with, with, you know, on him. And that was a big deal for him. So, you know, you worry about that with, with those guys. So, We'll see. You know, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're going to report and, and and just like you know the kind of the temperature of the junkyard, the board. Um, you know, this is this is critical that Georgia lands at least, in my opinion, two more, if not three more, in this class, and it, it needs to be a really, really solid uh, group of players. You know, I don't want to get deep into story time or anything, but you know, we've all been around this long enough to know that. There are some coaching staffs, and George is probably one of them, and receivers is one of the positions it's probably happening at. Kip brought up Dylan Bell here just a, just a minute ago. How many guys do you think, or how, how much do you think these staffs are looking at guys, guys that they would love to take, guys that they really like, and they're sitting there just kind of hoping right now, man, I hope this kid doesn't blow up. You know, I, I hope this kid doesn't turn into a national-level recruit because – we really want him and, and we like our chances the the quieter his recruitment is. You think a lot of that's going on right now, Rusty? Definitely. There definitely is. And you know, the, the the there was a lot of that during the pandemic for sure because kids weren't working out and those types of things. But um, you know, with the here here's what's critical about this last everybody everybody pretty much has one last day left that they'll use that last week. Uh most of the staffs are off, you know, until probably about the last 10 days of July. So we've got about another two more, two and a half weeks maybe off uh, before everybody gets back in the office. You usually have about three or four weeks off. Now, I mean off, uh, not just checked out, but the, you know, not having the structured day-to-day meetings. Uh, a few guys will be in the office here, a few guys will be office there, but nothing like when these guys come back, you know, basically on the 24th or 25th, whenever they do, uh, it's on. You know, they go from that to some some visits to straight into camp and it's on from there so this is basically those guys last couple of weeks so it's what i'm getting at is the importance of that last camp because it's the last time you'll have those guys to work out so if you want to get your eval uh just take for example a kid like cole spear you want to get your eval on him one more time 
Uh, this will be the last time for you to put Cole Spear up against, uh, you know, a DB from Florida, a DB from Texas. You want to see him against what you think or SEC caliber guys and see what he can do there and create separation, top in, you know, knock the top in off coverage, those types of things. That's specifically what those deals are for. And certainly there's people going, hey, we're going to get this kill in this camp this last time, you know, certain whoever. Uh, that way he's not going to work out for anybody else because this is the last time, which is crazy, the class of 2022 will have a chance to work out for a college. Uh, they'll be able to play games in front of them, but if it's about workout and be able to test and all, all those things, this is it for those guys. Good point. Really good point. And, and listen, that fall evaluation period is still big too. Um, it's not as big as like getting a chance to see them up close and ask them to do specific things in a camp setting. Despite, you know, you listen, they get to see them in helmets and shoulder pads and everything. And that's great, but you don't get to put, you don't get to put kids through the grind and test them physically and mentally. GPS, you could put that vest on it. Right. Yeah. And and that's one thing too, Jake, you know, a lot of these kids are are running forties and that's okay. I mean, that's your choice. But if you're going to play at Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Florida, Florida State, Texas A&M, you're going to put the vest on. And they're going to get that speed. They're going to get that play speed. That's the latest thing. So, again, you start talking about the fall evaluation. Yes, it's a big deal. But it's also a bigger deal that you get that game-type speed on that player. And you can do that by having him on campus. And they got one more time to get who they can get at the end of the month to come work out. And that's so much more valuable than a 40 because at that point you're not testing how good a kid can get off the line or what his technique is or or how much he's practiced the 40 or anything like that. You're seeing, hey, this cat right here can run 22.8 miles per hour. I know that's flying, but it just first number that came to mind. You know, um, you know, here's the thing too, Jake. If you're if you're Kirby Smart, you know how many times you get the 40 on one of the kids that you sign? You don't get it again. You know how many times you get the GPS report? You get it every single day for three or four or five years. You don't get a 40 on them again. You get the GPS on them. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, All right, let's let's switch to announcements. And, Kip, I'm going to do one each here because I don't know how many there are, and I want to give each one of you a chance to kind of talk about an announcement that is coming up. And, Kip, starting with you, announcement coming up in the next one, two, three months, what's one we need to be keeping an eye on? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll just steal the thunder here. Uh, July 22nd is a pretty big day for Georgia recruiting. I'll just, I mean, that's that's it right there. You, you have a pair of top 100 prospects announcing their their decisions on the exact same day. You know, you have top 50 running back Branson Robinson from, you know, Madison and Mississippi, the nation's number three running back in the 24-7 sports composite. And, you know, Dale McGee is wanting to – to add another guy along with Jordan James to kind of lock up that running back class. I think Georgia's done fairly well when they bring in two tailbacks. It usually ends up being, you know, a pretty good duo the last, you know, five, ten years. They've had some good ones. You're able to get a guy like Branson Robinson beat out Alabama, Tennessee for a top 100 prospect. You know, that 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 right there, that's, that's big momentum right there. And I think Dale would, would be very, very happy to, to add him along with a, you know, another four-star prospect and, and top 200 overall prospect and, and Jordan James. And then, you know, right there, there's another big recruiting battle that same day. Danny Dennis Sutton, the defensive lineman uh, from Maryland, set to announce his commitment 
He's the number 64 overall prospect in the country. A guy that's 6'5", 250 pounds. You know, he can rush the quarterback standing up. He can put his hand down in the dirt. And, you know, that kind of versatility is exactly what Georgia wants. They want to get a guy like that that, you know, whether or not he grows into a full-time defensive end or, you know, whether he could he could stand up and give you some, some different looks that way, regardless, he's, you know, an elite pass rusher. And in their defense, that's a pretty important aspect of what they're trying to do. And really, I mean, he's one of the, the – top targets regardless of position on the board for Georgia this cycle. He's taken official visits to Georgia, Penn State, and Alabama in June. That one, that one's a little bit tougher to call. Branson Robinson, you know, we kind of feel pretty good about Georgia, where Georgia stands. You know, there's reason for optimism with Dennis Sutton, but it's not a situation where, you know, any school should feel really, really good about where they stand right now because I, I just think that it's, a, it's one where uh, he really liked – all three programs and so in the end maybe it's Penn State a program that's you know recruited him heavily from the very start or maybe Georgia was able to kind of win him over by getting him on campus and, and really impressing him as well in the month of June but I mean that's definitely two recruitments that that we're tracking very closely and you know the month of June was talked about a lot as being huge for Georgia you didn't really see it on the commitment list, but that's not always, you know, that's not always the big picture. You want to get guys on campus and you want to impress them with the program knowing that they're not deciding immediately and they're not, you know, they're not deciding uh, in the month of June. And here we are, two guys that Georgia was able to get on campus. Georgia's sitting right now on the number seven overall class in the 24-7 sports team rankings. You get two guys like that, that puts you all the way up to number two at 15, 15 or 13 commitments for the class. So, I mean, there's a lot of momentum you can get right there with two guys coming off the board that are top 100 prospects and, and big-time targets for Georgia. So, I think right there, I mean, that's the easy answer right there as, as one of the bigger recruiting days of this cycle for Georgia. Rusty, you got any uh, announcements you need to be keeping an eye on, or do you want to add to, to what Kip had to say on those two guys? I mean, you definitely look at Denai Sutton. I mean, that that guy is is a you know that's a guy that from everything I've heard uh, blew Georgia away on his official six five two hundred fifty five pounds, um, just a you know a, a big time defensive end, athletic guy you know with some flexibility. Uh, you know, just a, a player that kind of, you know, I don't know where he was exactly on the board, but when he got through with his Georgia visit, I knew he was a major, major target for them. And Dan Lanning's, uh, you know, got him as, as his guy. You know, he's the lead recruiter there. Uh, you know, on the on the composite, he's a top sixty, top sixty-five player in the country, number two overall in Maryland. So. Georgia needs those guys. You need those bodies. You need those pass rushers, and and that's a guy that's a major, major target for them. Obviously, Branson Robinson. We talk about enough. So, you know, the one that I can't get, um, kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say Georgia, but I think Georgia's in it enough for me to pay attention. Is Jake Pope? Now, Jake Pope was set to decide today. He backed off a little bit. He wanted to take vacation. They took vacation, said he wanted to back off and kind of make his decision. But it was interesting, right before his last visit uh, to Alabama, he came to Georgia that first weekend. And then 
all of a sudden shows up that Thursday before the Alabama visit, spent the entire day at Georgia with his family again. So he took a second look at Georgia kind of late in this deal, um, probably about 10 days ago before he, before he um, went to Alabama. So, you know, kind of what I'm hearing behind the scenes, I think North Carolina is a team. I'm pretty confident that he is a take at Alabama. I'm very confident he is a take at Georgia. So it's just one of those you want to pay attention to. I don't know if he's going to do it the next couple of days, but uh, you know that's one that, that, that's got my interest a little more than it probably did a couple weeks ago because once he took that second visit back to Georgia, I thought, you know what, there's a little more going on there than I thought. And he's got the first name of a bona fide stud, so uh, you might want to keep keep an eye you, on him. I tell you what, I went to see him play Jefferson in the um, in the in the in the camp, and he had flown home late from Ohio State, and got home late that night on Sunday night. Well, this camp was at eight o'clock Monday morning. I mean, they were strapped up, ready to go, like sixteen. You know how that is, Jake. You got that early morning dew on the grass on one field at Jefferson. Then the turf field, you know, there was three teams on the turf and three on the grass. And I'm watching Jake Pope, and I thought, man, I'd be dead tired if I was doing what he's doing. Because you know those official visits, they, they, it's, it's full speed, food, fun, fast-paced, and you're out of there. Well, Jake Pope goes and runs one series on defense, comes straight to the sideline, just hurbles. I mean, he is just – he's projectile, getting rid of whatever. He – Wipes himself off. He gets a drink of water. Coach comes up and said, you're good. He went back in. He played both ways the rest of the, the rest of the, the setting, the session. So, said a lot to me about him. And uh, he's a kid that can run. He, he can definitely run. And it's just kind of it's kind of interesting, uh, a little bit more interesting than, than I thought. I don't know that he's going to end up at Georgia, but I think this is one Georgia people need to kind of pay more attention to uh, probably over the next three to four or five days. There you have it, folks. Roster Talk, Recruiting Scoop. These guys had it for you. And uh, we'll have it for you again soon here on the Junkyard Dogcast. But this is all we've got for this one. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. You guys take it easy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.